Live your own way in the Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu dealer today on SENWA. Live from the Toolkit Depot studio, this is Mornings with Mark Duffield. Yes, hello everybody. We are coming to you live from the Toolkit Depot studio out here at Optus Stadium. This is Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. We made a big start to 2024 yesterday. We had West Coast Eagles coach Adam Simpson on the show, of course. Simo lit a bit of a fire under social media by declaring that he wanted Andrew Gaff in his round one team. Obviously, a lot of the punters don't want Andrew Gaff in West Coast round one team. But we're going to turn our attention to Fremantle today, and we're going to the Dockers straight off the top of the show. We're going to talk to Simon Garlick, the Dockers CEO. The Dockers have just released their financials for the 2023 season. I'm going to talk to Simon about that and a number of other things. Thanks to Macca's Barista-made ice-cold drive through for your ice coffee favourites at McCafe. So Simon Garlick is with me on the show now. Simon, welcome. Thanks, Duff. Thanks for having me on. Good to hear you back on air. Um, you've had an extended break. Hutchie gives you a fair, fair break, the, the A-graders, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> must be feeling nice and fresh. I, I call it a work break when I come back to work, mate, and yeah. I, my, my life is a long <laughs> holiday. <laughs> so, Thanks so, for having me on, mate. Good to chat. Uh, it's always good to talk to you, Simon. So, mate, your financials have been released. $1.64 million profit, a $1.84 million royalty paid to the West Australian Football Commission. Record turnover, and obviously you had uh, record home attendances um, and a record membership, but the profit and the royalty are down a little bit. Is that rising costs squeezing you up a bit? Oh, it's a combination of factors, stuff. Um, firstly, it's just a, it's actually an incredibly positive result for us um, in, the, in the whole scheme of things. It's our our second biggest profit in the club's history after last year's um, third highest royalty payment. And as you said, just some stats that sort of roll off the tongue easily but shouldn't be shouldn't be lost, certainly, on our members and fans who do such an amazing job. 62,000 members just over. And we average just over 44,000 um, as a crowd. And, and that sounds you know reasonable in the context of, of our history and, and local football, but it shouldn't be lost. That's fifth in the competition, and that's behind clubs that have the MCG, a capacity of 100,000 as their home ground uh, and also play each other or play other big clubs on a week-to-week basis. So Richmond, for instance, might have 60,000 their supporters go to a game and 30,000 Essendon supporters come and join them. Unfortunately, we don't get 30,000 Essendon supporters coming over the Nullarbor to watch us at, at, at their away game. So, you know, incredibly encouraging result. We'll set ourselves some big targets, as you know, stuff that we want to achieve over the next couple of years. So this is another another good step towards that. Yeah, and unlike a lot of people, I like the strategic plan. I think it's great that the club puts itself out there. And, and one of the things I'm going to talk about a bit later in the show is I think if there is anything Fremantle can do, it's be a bit, little bit harder on themselves and sort of like you know, hold themselves to these things. And I think it's great you've put yourself out there and done that. But I was interested to read your comments that went with the financial report. You talked about some research you did before you took the job in 2019 and how back in 2010 when Fremantle were going okay, they played finals that year and obviously Richmond and West Coast had down years. The home attendances at Subiaco were bigger than West Coast and the membership was bigger than Richmond. And you made the point that the, the growth of a club comes with sustained on-field success. So how do you get to that point at Fremantle? Yeah, that's right. As you said, I, I think it became clear to me as I was you know, going through the process of, of, of this CEO's role uh, back towards the end of 2019, you know, understandably do a bit of due diligence and talk to a number of people that you trust. And 
it just became so clear to me that the the foundations of our football club are incredibly strong. And as as you said, our our membership was akin and close to that of West Coast and Richmond. And our home ground, average home ground attendance was same was very much similar to both of those clubs at that point in time. Now, both of those clubs, obviously, since then and around that time, have had sustained on-field success, and we're seeing what their membership and, and home ground attendance has gone to. So it really is a preview of, of, of what we can achieve and what we can be as a club, because in reality, we haven't had that sustained run. The best um, consecutive numbers of finals campaigns we've had is four uh, in the run from 2012 onwards. And then obviously we fell off sharply after 2015. So despite that, you know, we've got 62,000 members of the Purple Army who are incredibly loyal and do a great job for our club, and we've averaged 44,000. So yeah, that's why you're here. And I know sometimes it can sound a bit like football speak and corporate speak and the like, but our club is unrelenting and unapologetic for making decisions that set us up for sustained success. And that, whether that's commercially or from a list management perspective or the people that we put in place, it's all geared towards giving ourselves a chance to have a decade run at contending. Um, you've seen it, Duff, you know footy as well as anyone. They're the clubs that tend to end up you know, winning a flag or two along the way, those that give themselves that chance. So, so that's what we'll continue to do, and we won't apologise for that, and, and that's what we think is, um, and that's where we think we're heading. That's where we're really optimistic about. A lot of listeners texting in or tweeting or Xing or whatever you do on, on Twitter, what used to be Twitter, and X now. Um, <laughs> You're showing your age, mate. Yeah, You're I know. Well, mate, I, I turned 60 a couple of weeks ago. I'm allowed to. Um, <laughs> what they, the question they want to put to you is what went wrong last year and how do you fix it? Yeah, obviously that, that's directly related to, to on-field. Um, we'd had a really nice, uh, neat, linear trajectory, if you like, under Justin when he'd started his first year in 2020 where we had seven wins, then we went to 10, and then we went to 15.5 in the regular season and won a final, obviously, in 2022. So you'd love that trajectory just to continue um, in that neat fashion and, and you know go on until you win it all. Um but it's an incredibly difficult competition. Um, we finished top six in 2022. We had a more difficult draw as a result. Um, we didn't sneak up on any teams. They had done their research and knew um, that we had an incredibly talented, albeit young, list. Um, so th- th- there was no there was no surprising any club uh, in, in 2023 and beyond. And, um, and look, we just obviously didn't perform in a consistent manner in the way that we had the year before. And... Um, that's something that's clearly been a significant focus for us. And when you combine those things and a number of others, it just um, meant that, unfortunately, we didn't have the year that we'd liked. Obviously, won 10 games. Um, we're, we're still in, conten- in contention up until three weeks or so of the final series, but certainly was below our and our members and fans' expectations. So um, that's what it has done, Duffy, certainly provide a, a really steely resolve and determination for us to continue back on that path that we were on previously. And for, with that in mind, it's been an incredibly pleasing pre-season. You can't read into anything too much because everyone's undefeated at this time of year. But um, apart from a, a couple of injuries um, that we're just working through at the moment, it's it's been the pre-season that we'd hope for in, in terms of the way that our coaches have set up and our football department structure and staff have set up the pre-season and the way that our playing group has attacked it, uh, we've sort of ticked every box in that regard. Um, as I said, means very little at this point of year, but um, we're, we're really pleased with where we're positioned right now. This is a football matter, Simon, and I know you, you try and steer clear of footy department um, stuff as, as much as you can, but obviously you are the CEO of the entire club. Heath Chapman's soft tissues, 
uh, the, the problems he's having with that. I know the club did seek some outside help at the end of last year. He's done another one now, probably misses round one at least. Um, how do you tackle this going forward and what sort of program do you put in place for Heath and do you reach out for outside help again and see if you can try and find something to turn this pattern around? Oh, the short answer is we'll do anything and everything, Duff. Um, he's uh, clearly a significant talent athletically and football-wise, but uh, what Heath also is, which is certainly, again, another another element that's been driving a lot of our decision-making, he's, he's just an incredible young man. Um, we love having him part of our club. He's going to play a huge role in, in our future uh, fortunes and success moving forward. Um, and, uh, you know, just to give uh, the listeners a bit of insight, the way even he handled the latest setback, which for anyone you'd think um, you'd forgive for, for being down and out and feeling sorry for themselves. But Zappi in the second half got outside, got amongst his teammates who were playing the second half of that scratch match. Uh, and, and then we had a, we had a, um, a quiet get-together on Saturday night as a, as a football department and, and, and Chappy and his girlfriend Jess were there. Uh, and he was in good spirits, which just shows you that he understands the trials and tribulations with footy and, and has handling it brilliantly well. So he'll do everything. We know that's not an issue as a professional young man he is. And then we'll just be working through everything. Duff, as you said, there's a bit of history there now. Um, we've tried a couple of different things, but we'll sit down in the coming uh, week and just figure out what the next short-term, immediate term over the next two to three looks like. But given we're not going to take any chances with, with Heath, as you say, um, clearly round one and two probably look unlikely. We'll just do whatever it takes. And that, that could include you know some radical stuff. It might include you know some opportunities overseas. Um, we haven't locked anything like that in yet, but it's something that we'll work through over coming days. Saw Sam Switkowski came out of training yesterday too. Uh, any issue there? And what's the, the update on that? Uh, no specific update as yet, Duff, um, other than yeah, there was, I think there was an element of tightness. And uh, as, as we know, Swit has had a little bit of history with that back area as well too. So um, certainly precautionary at this stage, but I think we'll get that tested uh, today just to get an understanding of what that like. We certainly think whatever it is at the, is at the minor end and Swit would be still very much in calculations for, for round one. So when you look at it in that regard, we, we, we're pretty confident that um, that the Brandon Walker, uh, Wags and Coxie uh, are still very much in the frame. So, so chappy aside, we're in reasonable shape from that perspective, but we're going to scratch match this weekend and then hit out against the Eagles and Port Adelaide in coming weeks to get through before we... Uh, before we start to settle on round one soon. It must be an incredibly nervous time for the, the coaches and the players in particular. You, you do all that work and then you come into this final run where the, the match simulation and the practice matches get dinkum and um, and so much can happen, as we saw with West Coast last year, I guess. Yeah, it is tough, but I think you flip that around. It's incredibly exciting. I mean, it's exciting for clearly members and fans. I think we've all had enough of cricket and tennis and the like. Great sports, but... The real stuff's about to start in a month, so we can't wait for that as, as, a, as a state anyway. I know that, and more of a, as a country. But I think we look at it as an exciting period. We understand the nature of the beast. Um, we've got a phenomenal high-performance team, medical staff that we've built up again in the, in the manner that I spoke about before over the last few years. have done a fantastic job. They're absolute pros. <clears throat> we know we're going to have some hiccups along the way. Um, but, you know, we've, we've got another opportunity this Friday to have a hit out amongst ourselves, and then we can't wait to get to Lafayne the following week and then head over to Adelaide because, yeah, I mean, we understand and the, and the competition knows that we've got an incredibly talented but young list, but we 
we think youth is our advantage. And with youth comes enthusiasm and excitement and dare, and that's certainly how we're approaching season 2024. So um, that's that's our attitude at the moment, Tough. So is anything less than finals a fail in 2024? And is your coach under pressure looking at that as a baseline? Oh, I think the, the competition is 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 so demanding and so cutthroat and all teams are so professional and improving on a yearly year basis. That sort of binary assessments, I, I think a bit simplistic stuff. The, the reality is that um, you know, our main aim at this point in time is to, is to continue to improve. Um, we're not, we wouldn't shirk away from playing finals as our absolute aspiration and winning finals this year is our aspiration. We don't think there's, I talked about our youth, but we don't think there's any limit on what we can achieve in, in 2024. Um, we've got another 20 games, basically, under the under the belts of the like. It, fun, it sounds funny saying that, that Brayshaw and Sarong feel like um, they're not the young ones, given you know, the, the, the 23, 24 and the like. But an, even another 20 games experience for, for young leaders like those guys, not to mention the likes of, of Josh Tracy, Jai Amos, um, Luke Jackson still, you know, yeah, so, uh, just I think just turned 22. Uh, so the benefit of that for us is going to be significant this year. Um, so we're looking for absolute improvement in 2024. Um, we want to play finals. We're not stepping away from that at the moment. But for us to put a binary measure on that just doesn't make sense uh, at this point in time. But um, we, we can't wait to attack the season with vigour. Um, just before I let you go, Simon, you've had SSP candidates training at the the club. Patrick Voss, in particular, appears to have made an impact. Um, any mail on when the club makes a decision on that? Oh, it's got to be later this week. Uh, Duff, I think that cutoff is the fifteenth. Forgive me if I get that slightly wrong, but it's in, essentially in the next few days. So. You're right. We've been really fortunate. We've had Max Beatty, Sam Van Ruin, Patrick Voss, Daniel McKenzie, unfortunately. Um, Dieter Hammy last week was doing some great stuff with us as well too. So it's it's been a fantastic two, two group to have with us. Um, uh, you're right, Patrick's obviously done a lot right in the last couple of weeks in particular to put his hand up. Max has been really consistent with the the, the, all the way through and, and Sam has really shown some you know incredible athletic traits that that, that catch the eye. So um, Dave Walls and, and the recruiting team will do a bit of work and we'll meet as a list manager and group and work out where we go from there. But um, you know, we've got two spots currently. Um, we've got to make some decisions about what that could look like and whether you leave one open uh, for the mid-season draft and um, got a couple of decisions to make on that front. So um, it's it's uh, so there'll be some tough ones, but, but, but a good position to be in. Simon, really appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, wish you all the best for the season. I'm hoping it's a return to September action. I'm hoping that uh, that membership climbs to around 70,000 by the end of this season. Uh, congratulations on the work so far, and hopefully there's better stuff to come. You're hoping, Duff. I'm the one that said we'll get to 80,000. No, you're, uh, you're, you're really, really you're really hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, small mate. Good to chat and can't wait to see all the Purple Army at round one against Brisbane in uh, a bit over a month's time. Good on you, Simon. Cheers, Duff. That's Simon Garlick, the CEO of the Fremantle Dockers. Thanks to Macca's Barista Made Ice Cold. Drive through for your iced coffee favourites at McCafe. Now that's coffee fit for an Aussie. We'll be back with more after the break.